the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on in Colorado. Hello and welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm your host, Maria Oliver, and election season is upon us. Now, while we can't really get to all the ballot initiatives, and all of the various concerns that are going to be forming our state for the next few decades, there is one that sticks out that I would like to cover today, and that is Amendment 74. Amendment 74 clearly states, Shall there be an amendment to the Colorado Constitution requiring the government to award just compensation to owners of private property when a government law or regulation reduces the fair market value of the property? And that's on the ballot, and it's for you to decide. So what I've done is I found an expert to come in and talk to us about the issue, uh, give us the information. I know a lot of times those ballot definitions are a bit complex, so we found someone to go ahead and break that down to us, and that person is Kelly Sloan. He's a public affairs consultant, a community organizer, and he has some serious experience as far as lobbying and understanding the political landscape. So welcome, Mr. Kelly Sloan. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Now, let's get a little bit into your background. Are you a politician? No, no. I'm a, uh, I'm a consultant and a columnist. I have a, a background uh, uh, in journalism. You know, I've written for a, a number of publications uh, throughout Colorado uh, in Grand Junction and here. Uh, served as editor for the Statesman for a short time. And I, I started my own business in the uh, public policy and uh, public affairs world about 10 years ago. Uh, working on mostly energy issues, did a lot of land use issues in western Colorado, uh, covering economics, uh, uh, you name it. Uh, in the interim, I've also become a policy fellow at Centennial Institute with Colorado Christian University, and I'm also the policy director for Principles That Matter, another think tank uh, started in the state. What's the Centennial Institute? So the Centennial Institute is a think tank associated with Colorado Christian University. Uh, what we do is we look at uh, policy issues, uh, write, prepare policy briefs, you know, kind of break, break things down into you know, some, of their, uh, some of the elements to m- make them understandable to, to the general public. And we're really looking at it from uh, a conservative point of view. And then how did you get into this political sphere? You, you, I mean, was it something you're into as a kid or, or were you in student government or, or what happened? Yeah, well, all of that. I was uh, uh, very involved in politics as, uh, when I was growing up. It was very important in our household. Uh, you know, that's what we discuss around the dinner table. There were always news was always on. There were always newspapers on the table, magazines, that kind of thing. Um, I started, uh, you know, volunteered and then later on worked for uh, 
you know, uh, a number of political figures uh, where I grew up at. And since then, I kind of dropped out of it a little bit. You know, when I got married, had a kid, and had to start making some making some money. But eventually, I, I moved down to the United States uh, with the energy industry, uh, where the political scene is just a lot more exciting. I got back and in, uh, back involved with it, and like I said, started my own business about ten years ago over in Grand Junction. Uh, started working on political campaigns down here. Started working on some public affairs issues, particularly around the energy industry, and it just kind of blossomed from there. So we've established his expertise, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jump into it. What is Amendment 74? So Amendment 74 is a proposed amendment to the Colorado Constitution, which just as you said in your opening, uh, would add one line to an existing uh, uh, sentence in the Colorado Constitution. Right now, the government can't take your property without compensating you. What this does is clarifies that the taking also includes if they pass uh, post ex facto a law or regulation that reduces your property value. Now, as it stands, if if they do such a thing and it reduces your property value by a diminutive amount, meaning almost entirely, so more than 90% of your value is taken away by a government regulation or law, then they compensate you. If it's anything less than 90%, if you know, it reduces the value of your property, the inherent value of your property by 75% or 60%, you have no recourse. You know, there's no, you're pretty much precluded from even, uh, you know, trying to seek redress through the court system. Uh, And that's based on, you know, a certain number of uh, precedents. So how does the implementation or, or the not implementing 74 affect individual homeowners and business owners? Well, if you if you own a piece of property, whether it's home, a business, a farm, you know, some acreage, and it has an, a certain inherent value. So, for example, if you bought that piece of property with the knowledge that you were going to develop it or it had a resource on there that you wished to, to develop and you paid for it accordingly with a, you know, a price that reflected that use, after the fact, the government comes up with law or regulation. It's usually a regulatory uh, uh, taking that says you can't do that. So it, it diminishes the value of that property that, that you paid for, the inherent value of the property. With this amendment, you will have recourse. It recognizes, uh, it really just clarifies that a regulatory taking is a taking, not just if it's over 90%, but if it's potentially any, uh, any amount that you are due some compensation for it. Now, what's important to note with uh, Amendment 74 is because it's written the way it is, it's not very prescriptive. So it's not telling the court exactly, you know, what amounts we're looking at or anything like that. But the key thing is that it's also not tossing any previous uh, court decisions or uh, previous court directions. So, for example, uh, uh, takings that are uh, speculative in nature. You know, for example, I could, uh, you know, if I put the Eiffel Tower up on my property, I could say that's going to increase my property value. And the government comes along and says, no, well, you can't do that. Well, I can't turn around and sue for a reduction in property value because that's speculative. Uh, it has to be uh, something that reduces the inherent value. Here's a best example probably is the uh, the case that kind of got this all started, uh, mm-hmm. the, the impetus for it. Back in 1961, the Animus Sand and Gravel Company bought about 50 acres of land with sand and gravel on it to, to start a mine. Uh, about 12 years later, the county does a, does a master plan which rezoned that land and took away, said they could only mine about 8% of it, and the rest they, they couldn't touch, couldn't be developed. Well, of course, that decreased the uh, 
inherent value of that land. They didn't get uh, uh, compensation for that because the court said, well, you still have some use of the land. You can still, you know, there's still 8% you can mine. The rest of it you can grow hay on or something. Well, that wasn't the point. When they purchased the land, it was purchased specifically for the resources that it had on it. And now, because of a law that came in after that, they can no longer do that. So that inherent value was reduced. So that, that would give them, you know, the opportunity to, to go to court and say, look, the, the government took, uh, because of law, they took a certain percentage of my land. We're due compensation for it. By the, by the existing Colorado uh, Constitution and, uh, quite frankly, by the Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. So, but it doesn't allow somebody to say, well, you know, you, uh, uh, I, I really wanted to put up a casino on, on this land that's zoned agriculture. You know, again, that's speculative. That's not the inherent value of, of the land. You know, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, try and say that, you know, this, you know, they, they point to uh, something vaguely similar that they passed in, in Oregon uh, about 15 years ago, I believe it was, which led to a lot of lawsuits and it, you know, cost so much money that they en- ended up repealing it. Well, the problem with the, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a apples and bowling balls comparison because the Oregon uh, amendment that they passed was very prescriptive. It, it's, it spelled everything out for the courts, and it it overturned a lot of previous uh, uh, court decisions, uh, overturned a lot of stare decisis. So it was kind of the Wild West. This isn't. This is just really just clarifying that the intent of the law, uh, of the Constitution, in terms of uh, private property rights and takings, included regulatory takings. So that that's really all, all this is doing. It's not like the Oregon one. This is it is going to be tested in court. There's no question about that. Any new law is. Uh, but the argument that you hear from some of the opponents that this is going to be just like Oregon, it's going to be a, a, a free fall. That just isn't the case because of, because of the way it's written. There's a lot at stake this November. Thirty six governorships. Thirty five Senate seats. And all 435 House seats are up for election. If only 50% of voters show up, it would be the highest midterm turnout in a century. Learn more and get involved at IamAVoter.com. And don't forget to vote Tuesday, November 6th. Brought to you by I Am A Voter and the Ad Council. What I'm hearing you say is that Amendment 74 gives people options if they're property, actual property value, not what had happened or what they were going to maybe possibly do with the property is directly affected. Exactly. Okay. Now, uh, let's get a little bit into why individuals are against Amendment 74. Now, I'm I'm not asking you to to speak for the other side, but one of the things that that you did mention is that Amendment Mm -hmm. 74 isn't detailed enough that it's quote unquote too vague but are laws written to be vague so they can be interpreted by the the court i mean and just to play devil's advocate on that well yes and and let's remember this is a constitutional amendment you don't want you know i i I was part of the raise the bar effort a couple years ago and part of the reason for that is because you know people have been using the colorado constitution as kind of this plaything, you know for any of their uh you know good or bad ideas, you know, that they have. They, they want it cemented in the Constitution. Well, that's not what the Constitution is for. The Constitution is there to provide a framework for how we govern ourselves. 
uh, it, it's supposed to provide provide some guidance. It's not supposed to, you know, spell out every nit and detail of uh, of human existence. So, if this is going to be in the Constitution, I think the the people that came up with this decided, well, look, let's make it. It's not vague. I mean, it 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 does say quite clearly that if you know that a regulatory taking is taken, uh, now it does leave it up to the courts to use previous decisions and use uh, you know. Uh, previous jurisprudence as a guide plus the language as to how that is narrowed it's it's but it's allowing the courts to to make that distinction a little bit better than they have before okay and another there's two other uh points that i, I saw on the other side because typically with a public affairs show i would have someone for of course, and, and yeah. against but you know we just have you so that, that works for me that works for me too <laughs> Okay. Uh, one uh, group called Save Our Colorado yes. uh, believes that Amendment 74 would destroy what we love about Colorado. Shops couldn't be built near schools or, or the public health standards couldn't be kept for restaurants. Uh, how do you react to, to that? Well, that's uh, uh, the term I used in my, in my column was uh, kazooistry, and that was being fairly... Uh, uh, I think I was being a little generous there. It there, it, it's pretty hyperbolic to you know state that those would be the uh, consequences. This isn't overturning zoning laws. Uh, if if you buy a piece of property, uh, for example, near a school, there's existing zoning laws, and that doesn't change. I mean, you still you know you still can't put up a you know a, a porn shop beside a school, nor should you be able to. Uh, and that this you know seventy four doesn't change that. Uh, what it what it does change, and, and it doesn't change the potential value. So again, if you know, if you have a piece of property, uh, you know, it's, it's in a residential area, it's in an urban area, you know, there's cert- there, it has certain inherent value. But if you buy it for the purpose of developing it for residential or something, and that was the reason you bought that property, and the price that you paid for that property was reflected in that intention, and then after the fact. The, the government brings in a regulation, either rezoning or bringing in an environmental regulation, says, well, this is too close to, you know, an intermittent stream or something. You, we don't want any kind of uh, any kind of development here. That I think that's pretty clearly a taking. Now, does that translate to uh, you can't put a, a porn shop up beside a beside a high school? No, it doesn't. You know, and the uh, uh, it, it it does allow us to it does allow the courts to make some distinctions, which I uh, I, I think are necessary. And uh, one other point that they make is that, and I think we've actually addressed this, but let's just hit it directly. Sure. The proposal locks new policy into our constitution. That that kind of sounds like something that's not possible, but it is a, is a point that's being made. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, there it's kind of a paradoxical argument. You know, the, the same people that are saying you know this is too vague are now arguing that we're locking something in the Constitution. Well, this is a constitutional issue. You know, the property rights and, and takings, that is legitimately a constitutional issue. It's not something that should be, you know, property rights aren't something that are or should be subject to the vagaries of the political system, that, you know, property rights exist, whoever is elected into office. And that's what the Constitution is for, is to outline what those rights are. So again, it, you know, if we have a constitution to act as kind of a framework or a blueprint for governing. We don't want it to be too prescriptive. We don't want it to be, you know, making the details. That is what we have judiciary for, is to interpret, uh, not to make the law or to rewrite the constitution, but to interpret its intent and what, uh, what is written on there. So to make the argument that on the one hand, uh, it's, it's too vague or too general, 
But on the other hand, you're locking something in the Constitution. Well, I mean, the, the two arguments don't mesh. To me, this issue sounds like, and, and maybe I'm just thinking too black and white, which is definitely possible, and check me if I am, personal property rights versus the government's need to expand or profit, which both things are important. Uh, we as individuals need our rights, and definitely if you've worked hard to gain your property, to gain your business, to do what you need to do, I'm all for you. But at the same time, government's job is to take care of the people and take care of our region, not just this year, right. not just five years, but we're talking 10, 20 years on down the line, which, you know, definitely building up business, be it oil or whatever, is definitely a factor. Is that correct, that there, there seems to be a, two sides that are right, but we have to pick? Sure. Well, there there always has been. I mean, that you know that's why you know some, that's why the Fifth Amendment was written in the first place uh, to the U.S. Constitution was to you know address property rights versus the uh, you know the state, uh, the government's uh, responsibility, uh, certain responsibilities. This doesn't impact eminent domain. This doesn't make eminent domain illegal. But even under eminent domain, uh, a property owner has has to be compensated. You know, it, it it's not saying that the government can never take property. Uh, the government takes property for highways. It takes property for, for various reasons, uh, even if it's for an environmental reason. Now, I think one thing we have to uh, recognize that that definition of uh, what a government legitimately takes property for has expanded exponentially over the, over the last 200 years. Uh, but even given that, we're not saying that there is no situation in which the government ought not to take property, be it uh, physically or uh, through regulation. However, if they do, all this is saying is you have to uh, appropriately compensate the owner of that property. Okay. Now, looking at uh, this particular amendment, I think it, what was it, Proposition 112, uh, all of those things that are, are just on the board right now. Right. What are your hopes for how this balancing act can take place between the private citizen and government? Because Coloradans are, are not about having anything taken away from them. <laughs> well, so how do how do we balance those things? Well, and uh, nor, nor should they be okay with having anything taken away from them. Yeah, you know, I, I, I guess you kind of look at it. How do we how do we balance the freedom to drive with speeding laws? You know, we don't want uh, you know the the local governments in particular, and that's you know too. Uh, a lot of the opposition is local governments that are afraid that they're going to be sued into oblivion, I guess, if this uh, comes into effect. Well, I guess the, uh, the argument against that is, well, you don't, have, you don't have anything to worry about if you don't steal people's property. So, you know, just, I, I think it'll, it'll force local governments to at least think, think a little better, uh, take a uh, step back and pause before they start to enact regulations or zoning laws, uh, uh, master plans, so on and so forth that result in taking somebody's property or diminishing somebody's property value. Uh, it, it, again, it's kind of like, you know, somebody that uh, uh, having these local governments complain about having to compensate people whose property they've, they've devalued is kind of like uh, somebody that racks up a bunch of speeding tickets complaining about, speed, uh, about you know, the cost of the ticket. Well, don't do it. So... Uh, you know that that's uh, that's a that's a little bit of a, a reductionism on my part, I admit. But the the point is that uh, we have addressed this issue of balancing, you know, o over two hundred years. Actually, well before that, you know, property rights are, aren't an American invention. Uh, you know, it's 
deals with uh, uh, English common law, you know, going back uh, going back centuries. So we do have a framework for it, and it is long being recognized uh, by the courts uh, and by governments that regulatory takings are takings. Uh, really, all this is doing is just clarifying that in, in the Colorado Constitution, clarifying that regulatory taking is a taking, and that if the government has taken your property through regulation, has devalued even at least part of your property, you at least have the option, you have the ability to seek some redress through, through the court system. That's all it's saying. So that, you know, that, that balance is still there. Uh, as I mentioned before, previous court decisions are still in place. Uh, we haven't thrown out story decisis altogether. Uh, we're not starting from scratch. We're really just clarifying uh, something that, you know, previously in Colorado, the courts had, uh, I think, fairly unfortunately, unfortunately uh, interpreted as meaning a taking only existed if you took more than 90% of that value. We're just saying, no, we're sharpening that distinction a little bit that you know, 90% is too high of a bar. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. All right. Is there anything that else you want to add? Anything that, that we missed? I, 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 uh, you know, I think this really just comes down to uh, you, if if you believe that property rights are an inherent right. You know, as a as a conservative, you know, I, I put in my column that uh, you know Russell Kirk once once wrote that if you separate property from uh, private ownership, Leviathan is uh, master of all. You know, I think that's uh, that's absolutely accurate. Um, you know, this really comes down to, you know, those who believe that uh, your property is yours versus those that put collective concerns over uh, individual property concerns. And, you know, quite frankly, I think it's, it's between those who value property rights and those who value, value uh, covetousness, coveting other people's, uh, what other people have. So uh, that's really what it, what it boils down to. If, if you believe in property rights, uh, believe that uh, private property is something that is and should be protected in the Constitution. Uh, this is really this is really a no-brainer. It's a uh, it's not radical. It's not revolutionary. It's not breaking new ground, uh, and it, it's written specifically uh, so to be non-prescriptive, uh, to not cause the problems that we saw caused in Oregon when they when they tried a vaguely similar. Uh, similar law a few years ago uh that's really what it comes down to it's it's you know if you believe in property rights as an actual right versus uh, collective collective concerns trumping those rights all righty and thank you so much to kelly sloan he's come in to give us a, a bit of education about amendment 74 he's a public affairs consultant a former lobbyist a communication consultant an energy policy fellow at the sentinel institute and of course my favorite a former journalist <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us mr sloan thank you very much for having me we're clearly soldiers in petty coats and dauntless crusaders for women's votes. Though we adore men individually, we 
stupid as a group, they're rather stupid. Cast off the shackles of yesterday, shoulder to shoulder into the fray. Our daughters' daughters will adore us, and they'll sing in grateful chorus. Well done, sister suffragette. From Kensington to Billingsgate, one hears the restless cries. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Political equality and equal rights with men. Take heart, for Mrs. Pankhurst has been clapped in irons again! No more the meek and mild subservience we. We're fighting for our rights militantly. Never you fear! Our daughters' daughters will adore us And they'll sing in grateful chorus Well done, well done, well done Sister Suffragette That does it for our show this week. Richard Robertson is the show producer. My name is Maria Oliver and this is Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.